You are now tuned in to the Jags Den Podcast, the official podcast of the Jaguars Wire, brought to you by USA Today Sports Media Group, and also the number one Jaguars podcast on the airwaves. What is up, Jaguar Nation? Welcome back to the Jags Den Podcast, and happy victory freaking Monday, y'all. Woo! What a weekend it was. I'm your host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino, back after a small hiatus. But my my buddy, my partner in crime, James Johnson, has been holding it down with these solo pods and doing a great job. And, of course, he is our fearless leader here at the Jaguars Wire, and he has joined me here today. Jay, what's going on, buddy? How are you feeling after this incredible Sunday that we just had? exhausted my man but nonetheless i still woke up happy man it, it was one of those happy slash exhausting feelings and um you know i i can't <laughs> i can't get over it man like i keep looking at the highlights and and whatnot and it's like we really beat the patriots yesterday man yeah we got that we, we got the revenge that has been on our minds since that that january uh that, that fateful january evening um in the AFC Championship game, and man, it feels good to not only win, but win in in the in the fashion that they did. I think was was huge. I I posted out on Twitter yesterday before the game started. This was a huge opportunity for them to make a statement, to not just win, but show, hey, w- this is this is our conference now, and we're going to show you why. And they certainly went out and and made it a point to prove that they were for real and they were here to stay. So, and of course. You know, as I mentioned, this is the Jags Den podcast, the go-to, the number one Jaguars podcast on the airwaves, and of course, uh, it's once again Phil Smith, Jay Johnson, our buddy Jacob DeLawrence could not join us here today. He was having some technical difficulties, um, but we hope to get him back very, very soon. Of course, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, as well as Spotify, and catch us on USA Today's Audio Boom Network. So, but yeah, Jay, man, it was a uh, it was a crazy, crazy afternoon down at TIAA Bank Stadium, and I know you and I both wish we could have we could have been there, but we are still balling on a budget. And you know what? Price <laughs> those ticket prices were a little bit too high, uh, right. but <laughs> we were able to enjoy. Furthermore, the game, we wouldn't sure. be able to talk at this point. Like we'll be like all raspy right. and what. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't be able to record. So that's that's some good that came out of it. Yeah, our our buddy Gage and his wife Tara went, and and Gage was texting me and said Tara was literally in tears. <laughs> so nice. I, I can imagine that we would have had very very similar emotions after a huge thirty one to twenty win over the New England Patriots. And while it, things did seem to get a little bit dicey there at the end, they finished strong because of their defense and a simplified offensive strategy. And we're gonna get into that here today in full so we're, uh, before we get into all the glory of of sunday afternoon there is a couple well really one quick hit we want to get to we woke up here monday morning to some bad news amongst all of the celebration and then that is cam robinson who is going to be out for the year um, unfortunately uh, with a torn acl so he went down i believe in the first quarter i believe is when he went down and of course did not return um now even without him uh and we'll get into this jay the offensive line kept Blake upright for pretty much the entire game of course he got knocked down a couple times but he had a relatively clean jersey even without Cam Robinson so with the loss of of Cam at left tackle Jay 
what do they what do they do from here? Are they going to stick with Josh Wells, or do you think they will go searching through someone's practice squad or even make a trade? Oh yeah, they they have to stick with Josh Wells. Um, I mean, you know, you can't rule out a trade, but I mean, and I, and I like I know a lot of people will be like, oh, like Josh Wells, but the the thing about it is Josh has been with the Jags for uh, five years. Um, it's a reason that they kept keeping him around as a swing tackle, and and not only that, furthermore, it's just the fact that there is nobody on the market to get in terms of a starter. That might be a big issue too. I mean, like unless people want to revisit getting Luke Joku, who's who's out there, if I'm not mistaken, and it was some other. Um, yeah, un- he can stay out there too. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh man, don't don't bring me back to the days where he was at left tackle. <laughs> Jesus. So um, yeah, I mean, it, other than him, it wasn't like any other like names that really stood out, um, or any other names that you would like to put in and just plug and play right away so yeah it looked like it's it's josh wells's job uh to uh to keep for the rest of the season and, and we'll see how he does but um again a lot of people will complain about the fact that hey like you know josh wells hasn't played all that good and he's been underwhelming but i mean the fact of the matter is like name a team that does have a good swing left tackle you know like so that being said like when you look at josh wells experience and how long he's been in the system and how long he's been here, he's probably their best option right now. And, that you know, that's not to say he won't flourish at it because, you know, as we saw yesterday, they were fined. And, and I mean, who's to say Blake Bortles is going to keep the ball in his hand a substantial amount of time? So I don't know that it would be that big of an issue. I guess ultimately time will tell. Yeah, and it's very unfortunate, of course, Cam Robinson, second-round pick last year. Um, had you know his his ups and downs for sure but it was nice to know that we at least had that position uh locked down and yeah we will see what happens going forward of course mm-hmm. josh wells did did play pretty well now patriots did lose trey flowers early in that game um i don't know what it is about playing the patriots but for some reason we take one of their best players gets knocked out whenever they <laughs> whenever they play us right. afc championship game it was gronk and then this game it was trey flowers so we will see how that unfolds going forward if they're will be any missteps in the offense. Hopefully Blake will continue to keep playing with that that clean jersey. But um, as far as that, you know, like I said, the, really the only low we had going coming out of yesterday and, and uh, just once again to because it just feels so good to say the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the New England Patriots 31 to 20 in a just fantastic game and and I I wrote about this in my uh, in my highlight wrap up, man, um, they they definitely had been listening to people talking about how they were way too conservative. You know, remember Doug Peterson, Jay, you would come out um, had that article about how Doug Peterson stated, nah, "I'm I'm not going to do that <laughs> against yeah, the Patriots." Man. That, that one hurt, man. <laughs> it <laughs> and, hurt um, right. And of course, he's of course he won the Super Bowl, you know, with the Philadelphia Eagles, and and Jacksonville came out swinging right off of the bat, and they put the ball in the hands of the boat. Blake Bortles right from the get go, and they let him, and and they said, oh, "Hey, if you if you you're gonna let Blake beat you, then okay, he's gonna beat you." And he had <laughs> arguably the best game of his career. Just to do a, a quick recap, twenty nine of forty five. Which if if you had told us that Blake Bortles was gonna throw the ball forty five times <laughs> and right. not and not known the score, we would have been like, "We got blown out. We must have got right, right. destroyed." <laughs> right, twenty nine of forty five. 377 yards and four touchdowns. He did have one interception. Now, it, it, the ball did get knocked up in the air. It still was a throw he shouldn't have made, but 
you know, you'll take that with with four touchdowns. Um, the running game was really a running back, running by uh, running back by committee, which included Blake Bortles. Uh, T.J. Eldon had a solid game, ten carries, fifty eight yards. Corey Grant more so had an impact in the passing game, which we'll get into here in a moment. And then Blake Bortles once again, six carries, thirty five yards. Uh, doesn't really you know jump off the st- uh, off the stat line, but when you see when he ran the ball. And he's juking people, man, and, and out of their out of their shoes, putting and, people in a spin uh, cycle, I, man. And <laughs> and I saw this stat last week, and they and they showed it again this week. Blake Bortles, third all time, um, quarter among uh, yards per carry among quarterbacks in the NFL NFL history, only behind Michael Vick, and um, I can't remember who was in second, but that that is a crazy stat to me with a minimum of two hundred carries. Man. Blake Bortles, third all time. That Ble- bless him, nuts. God. I mean, bless him. <laughs> Put your hands on him, God. And, and you know, and Blake really, you know, he gets he gets a lot of crap for the the Buffalo game last year because he was they were unable to move the ball. But with his legs, he was like, okay, well, if I can't throw it, I'm going to run. And right. that that was as much a part of them winning that game as the defense was was Blake just being able to get out of the pocket and create plays. Yeah, um, hey, Phil, also, and not to cut you off real quick. Uh, I mean, a key part of that game is like we we don't we didn't know it then, but back back um <laughs> but but when you look back at it, the fact of the matter is like the game plan was they they didn't go in that game trying to do anything extravagant. Like they that's what they wanted, a close game. They just wanted to do the bare minimum, keep Blake out of harm's way in terms of interceptions. And just like if if he could win the game by running and and the Buffalo Bills were going to allow it, they were going to take it. So, you know, I mean, like one of the key things I took away from this game is that Nate Nate Hackett and the Jags offense, they know when they have to put their their foot on the gas pedal based off of last year's experience. Now they know when they have to put their foot on the the gas pedal in terms of a game plan. And they know when they have to do the bare minimum to get a win and, and they don't have to make as many uh, you know, chance, take as many chances in terms of a game plan. Yeah, and it was just <laughs> incredible how, I mean, we were talking about this before we started, Jay, late into the fourth quarter, they're throwing the ball. <laughs> and they're <laughs> like, what is going on? And I remember it was it was one of the, the last drives, I think, and I remember before he even threw it, I think it was Niles Paul was wide open. And Tony Romo, of course, being Tony Romo, was like, He's wide open. <laughs> yep, like, yep. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Like, of course, that's why they're throwing the ball, because New England's going to give up all this room. They're going to throw it. And right, uh, right. it was, um, man, it was incredible to watch. And, uh, like, you know, not they, – they kept the aggression going. And, and really all you needed to know was right there at the end of the second quarter – when they had the opportunity, like, okay, do we just, you know, do we just down the ball? No, we're gonna go all in. We're gonna get, we're gonna get this touchdown, um, and and that's what they did to go up twenty-one-three, going into the half. So, of course, continuing with the box score, Keelan Cole finally had his coming out party. We know, we, you know, we here at the Jaguars Wire know how talented Keelan Cole is. Huge fans of him, obviously, and he had his coming out party first with the with the Odell Beckham like catch there on the sideline crazy, and, and the stare down of Bill Belichick, <laughs> yes. where yes. it was like he was ready to cut a WWE promo on him right 
then and there. Like, give him a mic. Let's see what he has to say. <laughs> you got that and, text. I no. said, <laughs> quote, and, uh, unquote, I'm tired of you, old man. I'm just tired of you, bro. <laughs> he was about to go Keelan Cole 316 right right there on, on the Patriots bench. And it was, oh, man, it was it was fantastic. And then he followed it up with a touchdown on that very same drive. D.D. Westbrook, four catches, 83 yards, of course, had that game ceiling touchdown scamper for 61. Uh, Corey Grant, as we mentioned before, in the passing game, six catches for 56 yards. And what a huge game he had. Dante Moncrief got involved early on, got those, got that touchdown pass and was really, really, really good to see, especially after, you know, paying him all that money and and bringing him in and hoping to see him step up in the absence of Marquise Lee. So that was good to see. Yep. <laughs> it was great to see him uh, having a, having a solid game. And then ASJ, you know, Blake's go-to guy in the, in the preseason and in training camp, we finally got to see a little bit of that um, for three catches, 23 yards. And of course that touchdown right at the end of the half, you know, that's, that's on offense and we'll get to defense in a moment, but man, whew, Jay, there's a lot to get into here for the, <laughs> for the offense, man. What right. did you see? that you liked um, and just what was your overall takeaway of this, this aggressive offense that we have not seen really under the Blake Bortles era? Yeah, man. Like, like I I go back to what I was saying before, man, like this game showed me that because my biggest issue, and I said it on Twitter going into this game is I wanted the staff to show that they trust Blake Bortles. You know, that's that was my biggest thing I wanted to come away from this with. I, of course, I wanted to win first and foremost. But even even in the case of a loss, I wanted to know that, the, you know, the Jags could trust Blake Bortles if the game was in his hands. And they more than blew me away with this. Like I personally wasn't expecting, like you said, them to throw 44 times. You know, at minimum, I was thinking like, you know, 35 ish, 30, somewhere in that along those and lines. Even then, you're you're still concerned. Right, right. Yeah, even even in the end of the game, like when they were still throwing, like I was like, oh, my God, like it was a conflicting feeling. I was like, yes, we stepping on their necks. But at the same time, I was like scared an interception was going to come from it. But I mean, kudos to Nate Hackett uh, for that game plan and, and, and not being afraid to throw the ball and showing people that he he does trust Blake Bortles. And, and the key thing that to leave this game away with is that now we know how the Jaguars can approach different teams. If if it's a team like the Buffalo Bills, as I said, you know, hey, they're not going to do any extracurricular stuff to get it done. But they knew this. these were the New England Patriots that will come back and bite you in the behind if you don't put your foot on the gas. And and they showed that cutthroat mentality as a staff, not just him. Um, I guess we'll get into the defense later, but Todd Wash did too. And, And I think this was a case of of uh you know Tom Coughlin probably sitting down with the staff and they probably looked at the you know the the film as a collective group as a staff and Tom Coughlin being the guy he is and being the guy that knows how to defeat the New England Patriots especially on the grand stage he he flat out probably told him hey guys y'all weren't aggressive enough then they had to hear it from us then they had to hear it from Doug Peterson and and it really registered and, and it hit home on them so that being said man like I'll be the first to say, look, man, I, I criticize Blake Bortles when he's good and I give him kudos when he's bad, man. That was that was phenomenal football from him. I mean, that it's nothing more to say than that. He took care of the ball. And even the Austin Safarian Jenkins interception, you can argue hit ASJ in the hands. But I mean, like right. you, you can you can like blame that on either or. So, like, you know, that's one that I you know, you, you really I mean, you you don't have to necessarily blame on Blake. 
Um, but aside from that, man, like he was seeing the field well. That that was the important thing was he was seeing people get open. And yes. granted, and granted had plenty of time and moving around in the pocket. And right. um, he, he right. looked like a quarterback. <laughs> right. Like one of the issues with him has always been like you'll see him throw the ball to the wrong receiver when somebody else is running wide open. And granted, a lot of people were weren't running wide open against the Patriots. So I don't know, like if their their defense just isn't all that talented as me and Eric have already said on wait for it. But um, they were running wide open. But the key was Blake Bortles wasn't missing the person that the ball needed to go to. So that, that was good to see. Um, impressive nonetheless. And then uh, when you look at what, what the receiving core did, you could tell they're maturing. Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, uh, you know, they're a year better. And that uh, Keenan McCardell is really helping them to to grow and whatnot. And then, like I said, with the with the running backs, man, like my man, T, uh, Corey Green is just simply kryptonite for the Patriots, man. He just devoured them in the passing game. And then, you know, we, we're big fans of TJ Yeldon. We got the Yeldon Hive going, so shout-outs to him. I think he had like a 5.8-yard per carry average, yep. which ain't bad at all. So uh, that, those were my takeaways from the whole uh, offensive side of the ball. And and also to touch again on, on Blake finding the right guys and also – in, in the in the passes where the guy was in cover, you know, was covered, he's throwing it in front of guys. You know, he's leading receivers and right, he's, right. you know, just stuff we things we should have been seeing out of Blake. And which is why we just get so frustrated here and we, you know, pull our hair. I mean, we don't have any hair, you and I do, but, you know, <laughs> we would if we had hair, we'd pull our hair out, you know, just just simple quarterback things. Yeah. And man. he did all, he did all of that stuff, you yeah. know, and, and and just like you said, we wanted to see. You know, and even though Jacob kind of disagrees on on us or with us on on this point, where in the AFC Championship game they clearly didn't trust to put the ball in his hand to mm-hmm. to go win. And if you if you do this and you feel good about your offense, and and uh, you know you go out and get it, then maybe we're taught we're having a totally different conversation where it's the yeah, Patriots right. trying to get revenge on the Jaguars, you know, because the Jaguars Absolutely. went on to the Super Bowl. But you know what? They, like I said in in the start, they. They heard all the criticism. They were not going to make the same mistake again, and they won out, and they got it and early and, and very often. Now, did get a little, uh, <laughs> we did get a little worried there towards the end after the fumble <laughs> and then the interception, and you think to yourself, oh, my God, it's happening. But, <laughs> yeah, the meltdown, man. <laughs> <laughs> but and, and that's the thing with the New England Patriots team, and, you know, even no matter how depleted they they may seem to be at talent, something about them, their aura, and just Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick, you just never know. And Jay, as an Atlanta fan, you know that oh, you yeah. can never. <laughs> you can as a matter of fact, dude, I had to pull over on the side of the road, bro. <laughs> I was on the road. Like, I, I, I left briefly to go to the uh, corner store for my sister um, at, like, as the meltdown was happening or whatever. And uh, shout outs to Jackson Freiberger from uh, UGA Wire, who's been helping yep. us out. But he was texting me all through it because I told him I wasn't home. And he was like, oh, man, the Patriots are trying to come back. It looked like another meltdown, man. I was like, oh, Jesus, I can't take this. <laughs> I literally pulled over on the side of the road, man, collecting my breath. And then just kept going to the store. I was like, OK, we got this. We got this. And we did get it eventually. <laughs> yep, luckily they were able to 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 hang on, and um, of course, as as mentioned before, with that that big D.D. Westbrook play right at the end of the game, sixty one yards on a simple crossing pattern, with the, <laughs> where you know you just hope to get a few yards, right. and then all of a sudden 
just like we saw him do in college, he was gone. And we've been waiting for that. You know, I think we've been waiting for he had had he had flashed here and there, but we were waiting for that kind of play that he is more than capable of doing. That's why they brought him in, you know, and that's why you and I think that going forward, this the uh, you know, of course, DJ Chark did have that unfortunate fumble, didn't get another catch, but. This is why we feel like they're very, very comfortable with their receiver receiving core. You know, I, mm-hmm. uh, when I was at work, uh, I was at work when the Josh Gordon news broke about uh, about the Cleveland's one Cleveland wanting to get rid of him. Right. And uh, one of my coworkers was like, oh, they should we should bring him in. Like, listen, man, the, not only are, is Jacksonville very specific about the type of guy that they bring in, um, they're very comfortable at wide receiver. They feel like they are. Very comfortable with the guys that they have, and they should because be. of the um, yeah, and absolutely, and we showed we showed exactly why yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. So with with Keelan and Didi, and then Dante and 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 DJ, you know what? Get that one out of the way and, and learn from it. You know, it was and it was dude, bad timing, but he was he was definitely upset about it. So right, and dude, the thing about that that catch was, you know, like most were expecting him to go out of bounds, you know, and, and this goes to show you how much they've grown and they've learned from that last game against the Patriots. Most people was expecting him to go out of bounds, you know, and I was too. And he was like, no, screw this. We're going to beat these guys. And he stayed in bounds. Get blocked by Keelan Cole, by the way. And, yep. and, and a, Corey and a Grant. Non-block by Con- Corey, Corey Brent. <laughs> right, right. He was like, I know how these refs are. I ain't even touching this guy. Bro. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he put his hands right up. But, yeah, man, like, you know, that's just situational awareness. It shows you the growth of Didi where he was like, you know what? And then another thing, you know, running out of bounds stops the clock. So he was yep. like, not only am I, you know, not going to do the Patriots any favors by stopping the clock, I'm going to go and score on them. And, you know, yep. like you said, what was a simple crossing route, something that Bill Belichick has stopped as a defensive coordinator for years and years and years. Like that's the staple of, of you know, of coverage, you know, when you're in high school, you know, stopping crossing routes. But, you yep. know, for whatever reason, nobody was near him. And it was probably because of the heat and everybody was tired. That wasn't a Jaguar on that field. And, yep. uh, you know, he took advantage of it and, and, and took it back for a touchdown and uh, gave the Jaguars some late game heroics. And let's not let's not overlook also just, you know, you'd mentioned the heat. You know, this was the the hottest game that uh, Tom Brady had ever played in, in in his career. And I think Jacksonville definitely definitely knew that you know you're having eight nine ten minute drives and that the Patriots defense mm-hmm. not only was depleted of course they also lost lost Patrick Chung right. but they had were they had to have been tired which is which opens up an opportunity for a simple crossing pattern right. to go 61 yards to the house you know what I mean mm-hmm. like that's why so Doug Marone all and those Tom things, Coughlin they, they knew yeah that's why they implement those strenuous and tiring training camps because there's there comes times where you know you have the visitors coming in that play in and better better weather conditions than us, and, and I mean that by in terms of the heat. And like you know, like Marone said it all the time. He loves it when when they're having training camp and people are griping and complaining and like moaning and groaning like about the heat and being tired. Like he loves that. And this is a classic case of that helping them uh, because I know they had several bad practices as they were coming off preseason games because it was documented and Doug Marone was was you know, voicing his opinion about being disappointed. Like, hey, after the game, after, you know, like the Falcons game or whoever else we played, Tampa Bay, like we had a crappy day of practice the next day. I hate that. I can't stand that. And yeah. and like this, that 
fact alone just came back to help the Jaguars in, in terms of, you know, all the work they had put in in training camp. I mean, me and you know, because we, we went to a couple training camps ourselves and it was hot and they was pushing those guys to the limit and it, it really helped yep. them out in this situation. Yep. And, you know, it, it's crazy to see it wasn't only her. I saw a couple other national um uh national um pundits as far as ESPN Mina Kimes had put out when when the Jaguars have this Blake Bortles they're they're the most dangerous team in the league and it's yep. it's 100% true if Blake okay. plays like this the, they're they're not beatable it's it's scary how good that they can be so now of course you know the 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 big story that's or what's going to get all of the uh, attention was the was the offense and Blake Bortles, which of course they certainly deserve. But the defense still did their thing. Now at halftime, twenty-one to three. And when you see Tom Brady yelling at his offensive coordinator <laughs> and Josh and, McDaniels and, and and his uh yeah Josh McDaniels and his other teammates, and that's when you know you've gotten under his skin. And and he was angry. They were not able to do anything. I mean, they, the offense played so poorly, they just went out and shaded for Josh Gordon. That's how bad <laughs> things... That's how bad... The they did Patriots. the most unpatriot-like <laughs> thing ever, because Josh Gordon doesn't strike you as a patriot, bro. No. No, definitely not. I wouldn't be surprised. And I am a big Josh Gordon fan. I hope that he gets his life together, but I don't. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I doubt that guy plays even four games for them. And if, if something's going on that if the Browns are that concerned about something going on, then I don't think he's going to see the he's going to see the field very often. But right. that's a topic for another day. But, yeah, uh, when you see Tom Brady out there and, and he's fuming because he knows he they can't get anything done. And, yeah, the sack numbers were not necessarily Saxonville were the only two. But they were all over him all day. They were harassing Tom Brady they were right in his face. Um, Gronkowski, two catches for 15 yards, I believe. And, you know, the of course, Jaylen Ramsey we, curse continues. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> um, we didn't get to see the matchup very often as far as Gronk versus Ramsey. But he was obviously held to a, a very, very little impact in the game. And really, nobody. I mean, James White was really the only one that was any kind of consistent. Now, Chris Hogan did have two touchdown catches. Um, and then, uh, of course, uh, James White, seven catches for 73. But overall, uh, Tom Brady's stat line, you know, not nothing great. Uh, 24 of 35, 234 yards and two touchdowns. Now, normally, probably against a, a poor team, that's probably good enough to, to beat most teams. But right. it was not enough uh, yesterday. And um, uh, of course, uh, Dante Fowler coming in very clutch right there at the ver- at, the, at the very end, and getting that strip uh, that strip fumble. Um, it was really nice to to see him out there making plays, especially after the uh, you know the the rocky start he's had here in camp with with other teammates, and really just kind of a rocky career he's had here in Jacksonville altogether. Because whenever we get upset with Dante Fowler because you know he'll do dumb things off the field, and then he'll and then he'll do something like that where you're like, oh, that's right, that's why he was drafted in the first round. Because, right. But he, you know, and the, and the frustration is he doesn't do that enough because we, I think you and I, we all believe here he's very capable and talented enough to do those things, but so, sometimes for stretches he just disappears. So it's mm-hmm. it's nice to you know when he, when he shows up like this. Uh, Telvin Smith, Miles Jack, Ronnie Harrison all had seven solo tackles. God, I love Ronnie Harrison, man. He's he's, <laughs> he's me, awesome. That guy, and that, that's hard for me to say because he came from Alabama. But man, that, that kid can ball. I don't know. I don't know. The league is probably the league is going to kick themselves for letting Miles Jack and Ronnie Harrison fall to this team for oh, yeah. for the, for years for years to come. You know, uh, they're they're going to be pretty upset that they 
they allowed that to happen. DJ Hayden had a nice sack and a really good game. Of, of mm-hmm. two, two weeks in a row, DJ Hayden has played really well. Of course, he had the, the final – Yep, he had that final uh, knock knockdown of the pass, uh, the pass deflection against New York, and then here he had a really big sack. He's played very well, yeah. and you know, Jay, I was so terrified about losing Aaron Colvin, mm-hmm. but DJ Hayden thus far has played fantastic. Um, and then, of right. course, AJ Boye and and Jalen. There's nothing on the stat sheet that's going to stick out, but they did what they do. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they made sure no one really got downfield, and boy, they um, the defense just. Just looked really, really good and did their part down the stretch. So as you know, we already touched on the offense, Jay. What defensively did you see that um, that really stood out here for Saxonville? Yeah, one one person that you, we didn't mention there, and the unsung hero of uh, the whole equation is is Tayshawn Gibson. Like, and a lot of people, if you don't go back and watch it on the film, and I ain't seen all the film yet. I just seen like you know like quick cuts of a lot most of the plays but Tayshawn Gibson deserves some credit for what he did and he he was put on Gronk one-on-one often or or should I say you know more than anybody else on the team and he held his end of the bargain which was great I mean and granted sometimes they double cover him with both safeties you know where they would kind of like bracket and one 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 person cover him from the front and one cover him from the back but aside from when, like, Jalen Ramsey wasn't covering him one-on-one, there was times where, where Tashawn Gibson had that task, and he did just fine. So shout-outs to him and, and, and the uh, the job he did. But in terms of the, the defense as a whole, I mean, it, like, what can you say, man? They they were what we expected in terms of uh, getting to Brady and constantly harassing him. And, you know, they were, they were bull-rushing defenders into him. And you could see it, like – Although they weren't getting necessarily quote unquote home, Tom Brady was throwing the ball early and, and you could see him throwing the ball then bracing for hits. And, and Tony Romo, I think it was, brought up a good point, or it might have been um Phil Nance. Uh but they brought up a good point. Like it made you wonder, like, did Tom Brady want to avoid getting hit at all costs because he's forty one now? And these guys right. are, are like, you know, Miles Jack and Yannick and Gakoy, these guys are studs and you know, it makes it does make you wonder, like, will that be a, a issue going forward, knowing that Tom Brady understands how old he is? And granted, his offensive line isn't the best, obviously, as we showed. Like, will he start to throw balls sooner than he has in the past? I guess time will tell. But, um, yeah, just an all-around good effort from the whole team. Uh, Telvin Smith, Miles Jack, linebackers held their end of the bargain. Um, By the way, did you see Miles uh, Jack dropping in the coverage like a safety yesterday? Yeah. A few Dude, times. He is stupid guy. <laughs> like, remember, I remember a couple years ago we were like, man, did we take Jalen Ramsey or Miles Jack? And then somehow – <laughs> the league let us get away with both with both of them like right. god what it you know they're there for years we were like how did this team get that guy and this guy and this you know now that's and us yannick and Gakoy you know, like, after those two yeah like how yep. man and yannick was you know he was pretty quiet but just because the stat line was quiet doesn't mean that he was he was like he was getting back there i mean um <laughs> Calais Campbell and and uh, Dante Fowler were just getting back there with ease. They were not having any problem getting <laughs> to Brady, which is probably why he was so irritated the, <laughs> the whole game. But yeah, like you said, he's he definitely doesn't want to take those those hits anymore. And you know, and, and one thing about before we move on to to next week's game, which is also going to be huge for because you know it's it's Tennessee and they swept us last year and 
Um, we've been on record saying if they had played again in the th- a third time, you know, we don't really know. We we don't we're not super confident about that wild card I game. I want no parts um, of that, man. Right, but. <laughs> Um, before we do move on, I was talking to this with a friend yesterday. This game was huge because it, it could possibly have playoff implications down the line. I don't want to go back to Foxborough. I want them to have to come here and play in front of this amazing crowd. And right. man, and, and to everybody that was there, kudos to you if you got out there early and, and, you, and you tailgated and you hung out in that, we- in, in that weather. And luckily there was some overcast, so hopefully it didn't get too hot for you. I know a lot of people were... We're passing out because of heat exhaustion. Guys, it's it's September mm-hmm. and October in Jacksonville, Florida. Please mix in a little bit of water there with your with your Bud Light. Okay, it's it's cool. <laughs> know, it's Please take care of yourself. It's but you gotta make you gotta make New England or I don't know if it's gonna be Pittsburgh or something. You gotta make them come here mm-hmm. because they the Jaguars do have a legit home field advantage, guys. This 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 the, the NFL and the league does not believe in this fan base, but we do. You know, the team does. And with, with good reason. So, you know, hopefully we'll uh, yeah. we will be able to to host that game because this may be a big one down the line, especially if these two teams end up having similar records. I do want to point out really quick, though, that this is the first time I can't remember the year. This is the first time that Tampa, Jacksonville, Miami have all been undefeated. Two and zero. Yes, both all three had two zero starts in a long time. So Florida these- running the game. The Sunshine State <laughs> is off to a solid start, and uh, no one's having a better start than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let's <laughs> that guy, man, <laughs> that guy is living his best life out here, looking like Conor McGregor stealing the shot jackets clothes. Man, I, w- I I hope he he just starts dressing like that all the time because if <laughs> I saw a tweet, it was like, man, I can't. I remember I went. Um, we're trying to figure out the the exact moment where Ryan Fitzpatrick stopped caring, and it was probably the game. <laughs> Where he threw six interceptions, and he was like, "You know what? Whatever. You know, my, I've, I've had a good career. Right. I'm just going to go out there and, and have fun." And um, it's, <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in there because Dude. Ryan Fitzpatrick is coming for that job, and he doesn't. <laughs> he's not going to let it go. He, he's. This is my quarterback. This is my team, and he don't want to relinquish it. <laughs> yeah. So, dude, it's on cool. him real quick, dude. He Ryan Fitzpatrick has inspired me. I I want to <laughs> wear that outfit to the press box one day. Now, albeit I probably can't do it in, in the journalist press box. I might just have to go to a game as a fan and wear that that outfit uh, in the press uh, box. Media row at the Super Bowl this year. Two hair and bone chains. <laughs> jacket, jacket yeah. on zip aviator that whole, shades. That whole outfit, man, was just uh, yeah. It's it's pretty great. Between Ryan Fitzpatrick, Blake Bortles, and Patrick Mahomes, it was a pretty crazy day for quarterbacks. So it was uh, it was fun to see. So, but yeah, but that was this week. And of course, you know, we we wanted to celebrate for the appropriate amount of time, and hopefully, the team took that t- took today to do that, and then they will be, I'm sure, right back to work. Already, I'm sure they've already started watching film from last year. They, they've probably been watching film for months now on the Tennessee Titans, mm-hmm. who are off to kind of a weird start. Um, I believe Marcus Mariota is not going to play. Correct. It still should be Gabbert, correct? Or is, is Mariota expected to go? Or It's pending. Um, it's, oh. it, he got a pinched nerve, so basically... It's just a matter of if he, if and when he gets the complete feeling back in his hand. That was the issue uh, on Sunday. They gave him, they, I guess they like gave him a warm up to see if you know he could grip the ball like he wanted to, and right. he couldn't. So they went with Gabbert. So I mean, like the fact that he was a game time decision shows that they, you know, they're working hard to get him out there. But you know, again, like with nerves, you can't, you can't. That's something you really can't predict. Is how when a nerve is gonna 
react and, and when a nerve is you you know you're gonna gain feeling from a, that kind of an injury so like you really you really can't tell but i guess time will tell yeah well well now remember blaine gabbert beat us last year uh with a not a very good arizona cardinals team we right. see what they look like now they are the cardinals are right there with the bills as far as the worst team in the league um in my opinion so Josh blaine gabbert no, no, they haven't. They haven't pulled the trigger on that yet. I don't know okay. why. I mean, might as well just do it. You know, who right. I mean, just let them get in. There. I feel you feel so bad, bad for Larry Fitzgerald, who is one of my favorite non Jaguar players in the league, who is probably one of the best people in the league. To be honest with you, it's, yeah. it's it's tough to see him. You know, but he's hey, he's a loyal guy, and all credit to him. But but yeah, Blaine Gabbert did beat this team last year. Now, of course, this is a different set of situ- uh, set of circumstances. Now, this is another uh, another home game. And while when the schedule came out, people, of course, circled New England, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. But us here at the Jaguars Wire, we know the importance of this game. You have to at least split with Tennessee, who easily could have won the division last year. And, you know, they did win a playoff game. And then, of course, they ran into into the Patriots in the divisional round. But just like we said, who knows what happens if this team goes at it for a third time? I mean, the first mm-hmm. matchup last year. Um, I believe it was 37 to 16. I canceled um, my NFL uh, <laughs> league pass for a week because I was just because we were one and one at that point. You know, we were coming off of the great win against Houston mm-hmm. and then we get blown out against Tennessee. So, you know, you, 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 we, we did not net yet know the incredible run we were about to to embark on uh, last year. But right. this is a huge game, you know, as much as important it is to beat New England and, and hopefully get uh, home field come, uh, down the line. You got to win your division first, and with uh, with with Indy, New England. I mean, I'm sorry, New England, Indy, Houston, and Tennessee, all having their quarterbacks. You know, other than of course Mariota, we'll see what happens with him. But with Watson and Luck back, you got to win these division games. They're huge. They're they're so important. So Jay, just looking ahead to Week Three, Titans one and one coming into TIAA. What do you think are the going to be the keys to victory? for Jacksonville to keep this momentum going. Yeah, well, first and foremost, I want to say, you know, one thing that's heavily in the Jags' favor this time around, and he's been an issue for the Jags, is that the fact that uh, the Titans will be without Delaney Walker. So, like, that's a big deal. I know he got – Jag killer. I'm telling you. He uh, <laughs> he sustained the ankle injury. I think he, like, straight up fractured it uh, last week against the um, – the Miami Dolphins in a game that you know they they went to brawling eventually in that game but um that's another story for another time but yeah man like he has been an issue for the Jags and a lot of it has been because you know we had like Paul Puzzles <laughs> coverage and when oh, I God, <laughs> shout Paul. out to, <laughs> shout out to Paul though we love Paul him. man we love you but oh boy <laughs> so like now this is a whole different not only do they not have you know, Delaney Walker, this is a whole different team in terms of coverage. Again, like you said, though, there's the whole Blaine Gabbert thing, and he did beat the Jets with a untalented offense. So there's that. But um, aside from that, simply put, if you're the Jaguars, uh, what must happen is Blake Bortles must play good against the Titans. He has to turn his fortunes around against the Tennessee Titans. And this is important because, one, they're a division team, and two, he he hasn't been very good against them at all. Like he, I think his record is three and five against them since coming into the league, which is not very good. And and one of the issues with the Titans when Blake Bortles plays them is they simply they just clamp down on the run. 
and they make Blake Bortles beat them with his, you know, with his abilities as a passer. Now, granted, Blake Bortles is coming off the best game, arguably, in his career, which should definitely help. You know, now it's a little different for the Titans because the Jaguars have balance. They might have Leonard Fournette back. But um, after after the game he had against the Patriots, now things could be a little concerning if you're the Titans and you don't have Delaney Walker and Blake Bortles is coming in there with momentum as a passer. And he can maybe even have Leonard Fournette back. You know, the, you, you have to like the Jags' chances this time. But, again, it's the Titans. It's always close. And, uh, you know, I'm expecting it to go down to the wire. It's always ugly, too. It's never really. uh, And that's okay if we win ugly, you know. Like, that's fine. We beat the Giants ugly. Yeah, like, I wasn't mad about that, you know. (laughs) So, that being said, um, they have to stop Derrick Henry as well, of course. Uh, Derrick Henry has been a thorn in our sides as well as Delaney Walker. And um, I think this time around, you know, the Jaguars should be able to do it, especially uh, with the home crowd by their side and coming off of watching what was probably, you know, the biggest game in recent Jags history. Yeah. If, if you're going to the game and um, my, myself and our, and our buddy, Eric will be, will be going, I'm actually taking uh take my daughter. will be her first Jaguar game. So I'm excited about that. Um, if you're going to be, be at that game guys, you know, keep, keep up, keep bringing the noise, keep that momentum, that momentum going just cause it's not new England. This game, like I said, is just as important because you got to win the division, you know, before, before anything else. Um, and um, we've had just so much, so much trouble with this team mm-hmm. in our in the entirety of this team's history. <laughs> the Titans have been just the biggest thorn oh, in our you, side. And have uh, you have you taught your daughter that yeah. the Titans are yucky yet? Because you need to if you. No, I will. I might use a stronger word than yucky, but I'll, <laughs> she'll know. So, right. Right. But yeah, and it's um one of the most important uh one of the most important games here on the schedule and you know the Jaguars wire team is actually hoping to maybe put together a trip to Nashville to go see them see them play the Titans a little bit later this year which would be which would be a lot of fun so so Jay you know you have your um uh your keys to victory that's coming out uh in print here pretty soon you want to go ahead and give your prediction for the game as well yeah I, I could do that I guess give the people that are listening uh, a little bonus, if you will. A little sneak peek. Yeah, a little sneak peek. So still, though, if you see a copy of USA Today Sports Weekly, grab a copy, two, three, four, a whole box, whatever the case may be. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, let me know that you picked up a copy. But uh, that being said, uh, yeah, my um, my prediction is 24-20 Jags. And as I said, I expect it to be close because it's the Titans and no matter what kind of momentum the Jags seem to have when they play the Titans, uh, you know, it's always close. So uh, go Jags and, and let, let's get that W. Yeah, I definitely think it'll be something along that those lines as well. And also because it is home, it is at home. Do do expect Jacksonville to pull off a victory here. I'm going to go with something low scoring as well, something along the lines of 23-20, something along the lines of that. But I do think that Jacksonville will be able to keep this momentum going and and so far especially just based off of this Patriots game they've they've been able to take what they learned last year and apply it immediately so if they look at they look at those last two the two games they played Tennessee last year hopefully they'll be able to have quite a few takeaways and put together a solid game plan and come out with that dub which we we fully expect them to do so well guys that is it for for this episode of the Jags Den podcast and man uh enjoy this victory Monday guys or whenever you're 
whenever you you end up listening to this and uh, just know that this team has uh, they're uh, they're on the verge of of something very very special. We feel and Jay, you and I need to lock down that Airbnb in Atlanta and just go all in on this thing and <laughs> right. and hope that we uh, we will be there come uh, come February. But make sure you follow the site on all of our handles. Of course, the Jags Den podcast. Um, as well as the Jaguars Wire on Facebook, as well as Twitter. Um, Jay, what do we have coming up project-wise uh, project down the pipeline? Yeah, I'm still working on some things from yesterday's game. You know, um, I might do a stock report. Um, and, and also, you know, who looked good, who looked bad. Um, might look into a PFF if I can find the um, actual, like, grades to, you know, who stood out and who didn't to yesterday's game. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get this podcast out later today. As um, Phil said, it's Monday. So um, I'm going to work on that as well. And then Tuesday, that's when we start on the Titans coverage. So uh, look for me to um, do some stuff with Titans Wire, you know, like some questions, exchange, this, that, and the other, and a lot of insight on that team in general. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of a lot of really cool projects coming down the line. It's and um, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna attempt to. I saw. I st- I'm totally stealing this idea from the Cowboys wire. So you know, shout so shout out to the Cowboys. They won it as well. Longhorns, Jaguars, Cowboys. It was a good weekend for me. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna be doing a a weekly Madden sim. Um, now the Cowboys wire. They are able to highlights into into gifs so hey if you guys can uh let me know how to do that i would really appreciate that yeah I otherwise out to I'll kd just, for you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> otherwise i will just try and um and uh crop up the clips directly from my uh from my twitter and then and share them on there so we're going to do a weekly madden um, um weekly madden sim for you gamers out there i think that will that will be a lot of fun and um of course you know i still have um, some stuff going on with uh, with Eric on the Wait For It podcast. We just recorded a new episode today that will drop later this week. Last week, we discussed uh, Nickelodeon, um, the new streaming service, VRV, recently added Nick Splat uh, to their streaming service. So we had a conversation about what our favorite Nickelodeon show was and what we think that was the best one and you know what we see from them going forward. But uh, thank you guys so much for joining us on the Jags Den podcast. We really appreciate it. We will see you guys Next time, everybody stay safe and do <laughs> Hey.